Welcome to the winter sports season premiere of this week in Lebanon Warriors Athletics here on LebanonWarriors.com and ESP Media powered by Sidearm Sports. I'm Jason Griefer. Excited to welcome back Lebanon Athletic Director Keith Pantley to talk all things Warriors Athletics. Uh, Keith, good to talk to you once again. Uh, let, let's let's talk let's talk about where we are right now, kind of in totality. You know, we're moving into the winter season. We got through the fall season. Uh, pretty well and not a lot of not a lot of big shakeups or big shutdowns and that's a good thing and we're now moving into the to the to the winter and we'll talk we're going to talk about that here today have you found yourself now that we're moving into the winter season kind of getting a better handle on how to navigate this time that we're in navigating all the protocols and all the things that, that you have to deal with on a daily basis and and to add on to that how much overall have things been affected thus far in the winter season well, I think having gone through the fall, uh, you get a little less stressed out over over different reports and things that are coming in because, um, you know, everyone's dealing with them. Um, so it, it's becoming a little become a little more comfortable with with handling COVID. You know, obviously, I'm, I'm not a doctor, you know, I'm not yeah. in the health field. So you, you kind of get a little nervous to make sure you're making the right decisions. Um, but our, our administration has been great here. Um, our central office has put some things in place to really help us out and make um, educated choices as to how we operate athletically. Um, so I think, you know, and then, and then working with other ADs and finding out other, how other districts are doing things. Um, it's kind of just a, a close knit group of people that are, are trying to do what's best for kids and uh, you know, getting parents in to support their kids and, and spectate. Um, you know, there's certainly a few bumps in the roads, but I, I think that everyone has an appreciation for all that's going on to be able to, to get these games in and, and try to operate as, as much as we typically would. So, um, you know, it's, when we look back on it, we'll probably be proud of the, the work we did, but sure. now day to day, you're just trying to go through and, and do what you can um, and take what comes next uh, and move on. Did the fall yeah. season and navigating through that give you some kind of template on how to move forward or are you still operating on more of a day-to-day -day basis? Um. I think it did. Uh, when you move indoors, that makes things difficult. And then obviously just the different sports. Yeah. Um, I think the biggest challenge moving into winter uh, was the fact that things that are off campus that typically uh, compete in uh, tournament settings or invitational settings like swimming, wrestling, mm -hmm. and bowling uh, were very, very impacted from a scheduling standpoint, um, which had a lot of un you know unintentional consequences when it comes to wrestling now needing the gymnasium more, which impacts basketball and right on down the line to other things. So, um, you know, everyone's dealing with new challenges in, in their industry or whatever their walk of life is. But uh, yeah. so we just continue to, to work through it and make sure we're doing everything we can to give our kids the most opportunities in a safe environment. Let's start talking about some of these teams that you have going right now. Let's start with wrestling. I, I, I'm looking at the way things have gone and, and the where we're at now. And, and for me, anyway, I'm looking at wrestling as maybe the toughest sport to pull a season all, all the way through with because, you know, obviously we can't social distance when, when we're on the mat. You can't air wrestle from six feet away and decide who has the best style, so to speak. Everybody's in close contact when you're in these meets. Right. So – how how have they how has the team gone about that? How have the coaches handled this season, and how, how have they handled it from the mental side, knowing that, that, that there is a possibility of some starts and stops along the way because you can't help but be in contact. Well, as you know, wrestlers are a pretty resilient group, so they uh, 
the mental aspect that I don't think has, has been a challenge. I think the biggest thing is the, the way they uh, ch- had to change practice. Uh, typically they're, they're in that small room kind of, um, you know, working in, in groups or doing different drill work that they've had to adapt to uh, smaller pods and things to protect, um, you know, from quarantines and groups should something happen Um, from a, from a match standpoint, just the way that they're watching the matches or, or organized on the benches um, has been different. But at the end of the day, at the matches, they're actually only um, if they're doing things the right way, their only contact is one-on-one. So um, there hasn't been any mass quarantines from a wrestling standpoint, knock on wood. Yeah. Um, so they've done a good job. Um, so that's, that's one benefit of wrestling. If they're not um, sharing partners too often in things, when it comes to practice plans that um, they shouldn't be shut down fully, but we have certainly had some kids that have had to take their time off. So um, it's uh, it's certainly an interesting one. Yes, we're working through it. Let's move on to the hardwood and uh, let, let's start talking basketball teams. Let's start with the boys first. Uh, very good start in the in the first year in the ECC, uh, eight and two overall, uh, five and one in the league. So you're sitting right now tied with Walnut Hills for second, just a half game uh, behind Turpin. So right where right in a good spot uh, this at this point. Really balanced team from what I've seen thus far on the season. you got three guys averaging between 11 and 13 points per game, so good balance there. But coming off a tough loss against Miamisburg, and, and seemed like, it seemed like you just could not find the range from the field, no matter where you were. Uh, Nick Pierrette goes 0 for 10 from the floor, and you shoot just 24%. So not the best offensive performance, needless to say. But coming out of that game, is this, is this a point of concern for Coach Chivington, or are they looking at this as kind of just more of an aberration? It was just an off night. Um, I think uh, they, so they won eight in a row prior to that. Um, And as you mentioned, they lost their opener to Turpin um, who's uh, who's sitting in first place. So they, uh, they won eight in a row. I was there Friday night when they won on the road in triple overtime at Loveland. And uh, we were kind of joking after the game that uh, it it was unfortunate they had to play the next day, but um, because they had uh, seemed to run out of gas there. Um, Played a lot of minutes, put it all out on the line. It was a very, um, you know, just a high pace, intense game. Um, And fortunately it was a non-conference game. Uh, They had beat Miamisburg earlier in the year, but we kind of knew that uh, they needed to uh, get a little rest in and unfortunately had to play that next night. And as you mentioned, it was not their best outing. So I think it was just a little blip in the radar. I think it helped maybe refocus them and um, they're going to have Kings coming up tonight, which right back to, uh, the conference and yeah. uh, I think they'll be ready to go. So just a great group of competitors. They get along really well. Over on the uh, girls side, kind of a similar story in terms of the big picture. You know, the, the girls are, are sitting, you know, six and two overall in the league, I should say eight and three overall, and just a, a half game behind Turpin. Of course, everybody's chasing Loveland uh, at, at this point, one, four or five as of late. So, you know, they're, they're, they're making the, they're getting in the right direction that in that regard, building up the wins, uh, I should say, you know, as, as we're working towards this and now, you know, heading into this week, you've got Turpin coming up, played them a month ago and, and beat them handily, beat them by 25. Obviously things are, you know, different now a month down the road, you've gotten better. I'm sure Turpin's uh, gotten better looking at the way things have gone. You've had to win late more with more reliance on your defense early on. Your offense is kind of hit hit a struggle uh, here as of late. And I think it's also due in part to the competition you've played. You played a really tough schedule. 
thus far. And seeing the way it's gone, you know, you're winning games early with your offense and your defense has been fine all year long. That's not a question. But lately you've had to rely more on that defense to, to win four out of five and, and so forth. Is that something that it, you and the Coach Hodges look at as just say, we played a really tough schedule? Or does that kind of go with the ebbs and flows of an entire season? I think coaches is, is just looking for ways to win games. I think um, they work really hard. I think the biggest thing is, uh, you know, the uh, the ECC has discovered uh, the talent of Kendall Foley, um, mm-hmm. who uh, was a GWAC player of the year and is just having a tremendous year offensively, uh, going to go play D1 at, at Oakland University up in Michigan. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, they're finding ways to take her out of, out of the offense and coach is doing a great job of, First of all, their defense is stepping up, um, but finding ways to win games other ways and, and other people stepping up uh, to contribute offensively. Um, that's that's the game of basketball. It's not a, it's not a one player game. So figuring out a way for the team to be successful um, outside of, of Kendall just going out and scoring 25 a night. So that's the challenge. That's that's what coach is working on. And, and the girls are are doing a great job of of figuring out ways to uh you know, just come together and figure out their best version. If teams are going to take away one thing, what, what's another way that we can be successful as we uh, head towards the postseason? How has Kendall Foley handled that on a day-to-day basis, knowing that, you know, everybody knows who she is and now they're finding out how, who, how good she is. And so they're, as you said, they're trying to scheme to take her out of the game. And in some cases may be able to limit her in some instances. And yet she's seeing her other, t- her, other her teammates come in and pick up that slack to where maybe she's having an off night or maybe she's being doubled or tripled and they're coming in and, and picking up for her. Well, I don't, I don't think this is new to her. She plays a lot of basketball um, at a high level. Mm-hmm. I think that she, um, she remains level-headed and comfortable and has a great uh, relationship with coach to know when, when to put her foot on the gas and when to let the game come to her. And um, so she's done a great job. I love watching her play and, and uh, hopefully we finish strong here. And then they're, they're in a really good spot in the league, in the league uh, going forward as we're about to turn the page uh, into the second half of the season. And he said, Turpin coming up here, a uh, big one there. could move into second place all by yourselves there with, with the winner if you're able to hold serve and sweep Turpin in the regular season. Uh, let's move on here and uh, let, let's talk about your academic team. You know, this is something that doesn't necessarily get as much, you know, attention and glamour as some of the other sports here, but th- you know, that they're just as much a student athletes as anybody else is, you know, they're, they're getting themselves going here and everybody's kind of had a late start to the season. Uh, but right now sitting at two and two, you know, you've got Turpin coming on Friday they've yet to, to get into the win column. Uh, this season. So in theory, a uh, a match here, you should take care of business in, you know, going forward, you're looking at, you know, Anderson Kings, little Miami Walnut, they're all four and O right now. So you've got, you got some teams ahead of you. How important is a match like this against Turpin who hasn't won a match for your team to take care of business in this one to uh, keep pace in the league? Well, I mean, obviously you always want to, you always want to win your next one, but for those people that, that check this video out, if they, uh, if you haven't been to an, uh, an academic quiz team um, meet or competition, it is uh, it's a pretty cool deal. It kind of, it kind of makes you feel a little bit, uh, I don't know. Like I, I just, I go to those things. I have so much fun watching them and um, yeah. there are some hard questions. It doesn't make you feel like the brightest bulb uh, in the <laughs> box when you go to those things, but it is cool the way that they compete. And um, I'm excited that they're home this week, so I get to watch them. Unfortunately, with with COVID, we can't open the doors to everybody. But yeah. 
put it on your bucket list to get to one of those things. And because um, it's quite the competition and it's a, it's a lot of fun. Are you confirming right here on the podcast that you're not an assistant coach on the, on the, on the quiz? Team? No, I am not. And uh, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a cool deal though. Um, it's uh, it's something that doesn't get a lot of traction or, or attention, but um, some of our, our best kids are part of that group and uh, I love supporting them. How much of a uh, regular training regimen have they been able to have, if you will? I, I would have to imagine it's more the opposite of wrestling in that, you know, they can have as close to a normal, you know, training offseason practice, if you will, because you don't necessarily have to be in close quarters. You can meet, you know, over Zoom or, you know, spread out in a library, things like that. How has that been? I think they've uh, I think they've been full throttle since they could start. So they're excited that that that, that the competition started and they're able to to get some under their belt here and hopefully continue through the end of the year. And uh, they're certainly you know, off off to a good start there. And as you said, a lot a lot of room left for uh, a lot of room left to go in, in the season. So uh, certainly uh, certainly uh, all the possibilities ahead for them. Uh, let's jump into the pool. And this is another sport that a lot of folks have been kind of curious about how it would go, you know, can, how can you, how do you navigate the waters of this? So for lack of a better phrase there, you know, we've heard some, in some instances, they'll have swim, swimming teams will have meets and they'll have, you know, s- swimmers from the same school in lanes one, two, and three, the next lanes, four five and six, and, and all those types of things. What, what's that been like uh, at, at Lebanon and trying to negotiate through that? Um, our coaches, Mark and Carol, have done a great job. Um, really, the, the toughest part is is uh, parents not being able to go to our, our meets there just because of the, the capacity restrictions on the deck and things. But um, And then having to switch to a lot of uh, uh, duels and, and tri-type uh, matches. So mm-hmm. we've had a great schedule so far. Um, we've competed against the Ursulines and LaSalle and, and Elder, uh, Little Miami Kings and Coming up on Thursday, we're going over to uh, Cincinnati, or uh, we're going over to uh, is it CCD? Yeah, we're going over to mm-hmm. CCD on Thursday, mm-hmm. and then we have the ECC meet coming up uh, next week. So it hasn't been your typical uh, big events around the holidays and all those types of things that that we're used to. So just keeping them in the water, keeping them fresh, getting competition under their belt, and um, hoping that the uh, postseason tournaments and everything go off without a hitch, and we can. Uh, see where we fall at the end of the year, but they've been working hard, a lot of PRs and, and coaches have been doing a great job. Yeah. They, and I'm, I was just checking, checking things out uh, on online and seeing, you know, they were in action this past weekend, as you said, playing, going against some very, very, very tough teams and seeing a lot of podium finishes, you know, in both the boys and the girls and at various distances mm-hmm. uh, as well. So I have to imagine, you know, coming off results, I got, as you said, against some very, very good teams, the coaches are pretty happy with how things went, especially this past weekend. Yep. And just getting, getting kids back in the pool and, um, you know, dealing with quarantines and different things, um, mm-hmm. open your full strength towards the end. And, um, I think they're excited to st- see where they stack up. Obviously it's not a traditional ECC meet, but we'll sure. be at three different locations, but, um, you know, a lot of these individual meets now go see where you stack up against a larger group of competition, um, is exciting for them. Let's move on to the bowling lanes. And this is another one that's a lot of folks don't necessarily think about as being a, a high octane sport when you, we can have a normal, normal season because you get a lot of fans there normally to, to check out bowling. And, and that really feeds into the environment 
uh, at the high school level. Obviously, we can't do that, but it hasn't hasn't deterred the boys from uh, just knocking them dead, so to speak, on the year. They're eight and one overall. They're seven and one in the ECC right now. You're tied with Loveland in the loss column. West Claremont's unbeaten. Still a long season to go uh, here. But the thing I'm, I'm looking at is I look at the scores coming in. Just the level of high consistency you have across the board. I'm looking at this. You've got eight bowlers averaging 180 or higher. Alec Frank and Josh Slaughter, they're averaging over two bills uh, every time out there. How have the coaches been able to manage this litany of talent and to make sure that everyone stays sharp, match it and match out, so that everyone is seemingly essentially either at or above 200 every time out? Uh, I think this is, has been a process of a couple years in building a program. Um, Coach Volmering does a great job. I think the, their commitment to bowling um, yeah. that's been established years in the making, um, their competition with each other has, has, has you know, created this uh, type of success. So I don't think COVID was going to stop them from continuing to find ways to, uh, to improve their game, to be honest. Um, this is just a great group that gets along. They, they love the game. And that's uh, credit to Coach um, for uh, instilling that in them. And, and uh, it's a great program. They're fun to watch. They bring a ton of energy and have a, have a lot of fun. Have they had to rely on more individualized practice and training and leading up to the season and even enduring so just because you can't have everybody together? And also the fact you may not necessarily have all the normal lanes available that you normally would? Yeah, lucky for us, Coach Volmering is uh, tied in with the, the bowling industry, if you will, and found some different ways for them to uh, be able to access different. Uh, different alleys and things in the off season uh, in and around the protocols at, you know, discounted rates and the typical things that you would do um, to get them in. But it is unfortunate. We can't have our, our parents in there uh, with their pain ladders and, and stuff like that right now. But uh, some of the away events we're able to, but we're, uh, we're, uh, you know, just chip, chipping away. And I, uh, we appreciate our, our relationship with our host uh, lanes though. And we'll uh, keep on, chopping wood as we get to the postseason here it's no small thing to have that cooperation it's, it's good to see that you have that that willingness from the outside to, to really yeah. pitch in there so the boys are right in the thick of things as far as the ecc goes they're seven and one overall the, the girls have decided you know we don't we don't want to deal with any of this losing stuff at least at this point uh, they're nine and oh on the season they're eight and oh in the ecc they've won most of their matches rather comfortably not really threatened in a, in a lot of yep. instances if we're looking at the results here. I think Loveland was the closest to threaten you, and you beat them by 220 total pins, so mm -hmm. comfortable there. Uh, one lady I want to talk about is uh, Hannah Rierick. Hannah. Uh, yeah, Hannah, she's really – senior has really just continued to evolve her game as she's gone along. Eight games on the year, seven of them she's gone above 200. I mean, what has impressed you about that and seeing her in your short time at Lebanon, and what is the co what have the coaches said about the way she's continued to elevate herself? Well, it's important to her. Um, most of the time, think you'll, you know, you're going to be good at things that are important to you, but it just shows that the, the level of commitment uh, to your craft can, um, you know, you can be successful if you're committed year round. Um, and she does other things. It's not like, you know, um, sure. she's specializing, if you will, but um, she spends time trying to uh, be the best she can be. Obviously has some God-given talent, but works, works her tail off to be the best she can be. I know the coaches are really proud of her. Um, and I'm looking forward to following her this postseason. I think she can make a run at, at, at something really special that uh, she'll remember for a long time. 
And one of the and then right behind her, you've got you've got other talent come over. Melissa Melissa Gallagher and Cassandra Ingram. They're they're both averaging around one seventy. They've both had high highs in two twenty five, two thirty six them as well and and i think that's just as big a part of it as well hannah's going to get a lot of the attention and well deserved you got two other bowlers right behind her that aren't so bad either that are big parts of the reason why you're off to a a nine and oh start on the year absolutely and they're they're pushing each other and and that's certainly what you like to see there uh as we're winding down here on the on the season premiere one last thing i want to talk get your thoughts on and we'll kind of circle back to what we talked about at the beginning here and how we've been able to navigate through everything we've had to work through uh, to get a winter sports season going. Uh, We talked during the fall season a little bit at at various times about how it's been for not just yourself, not just for your staff, coaches, athletes, but the entire Lebanon community around you. And and there was obviously a big adjustment period. I'm sure, you know, you, you caught the brunt of some parental and and frustrations from the outside community, from folks who want to be in attendance, they want to support, but they just can't. And I'm wondering now how that's been for you going into the winter season, that overall support from the Lebanon community, how, how has that been for you personally and then for the uh, the student-athletes? Well, I know that, that we wish the students could be in there uh, supporting their classmates. That's yeah. the, the biggest frustration. But the parents, um, I think, have been great. And they, they understand, and I keep going back to that word, appreciate the opportunity that their kids have Mm -hmm. Um, to participate. Um, I think that they understand the plug could have been pulled very easily or additional restrictions could have been made and justified, um, but that we are um, finding ways to to get them in um, to support their kids. We reduced the price to, to enter so we weren't charging mom and dad over and over again, you know, seven, eight dollars a pop. Um, And that we are, you know, we're doing things in a way that is uh, best for everybody um, to to make this a memorable experience for their kids. Um, And I think that there is an overall um, appreciation for for getting this in. Um, Kids only have four years in high school. And uh, what happened last spring is just unfortunate for those kids to miss that season. So having been through that, um, I think coming out on the other end, even from kids right up to uh, parents and coaches and everybody, there is just Mm -hmm. uh, an appreciation and, um, you know, for for being out there and doing what you love to do. um, The simplest form, you know, it's not the, the hoopla surrounding everything, but we're just out there playing that game and, and there's a newfound, uh, you know, love and passion for that. So. Well, I think part of it uh, as well, and I want to give you a credit to this as well to you and all the other athletic directors out directors out there. And I think it's something to keep in mind is that there's no playbook for this. You know, none of us were around for the, the Spanish flu of 1917, 1918. So <laughs> we, uh, we we're, everybody's in uncharted waters and you know we've had to make do with the best we can, but it's a credit to you here at Lebanon that we've been able to have a fall sports season, get all the way through. We've got a winter sports season. We're, we're right in the middle of right now. And, and barring something crazy happens, we've got a good shot at getting the full winter sports season through. And then we'll, then we'll focus on the spring. So um, as we're getting started here in this winter season, I do want to congratulate you and your staff for getting us through the fall and now into the winter, because it, I, I know in, in our conversations and you see it on a daily basis, it has not been easy. 
Well, I appreciate that. And um, before we leave, I just have to give a shout out to our competition cheer squad. Mm-hmm. It's our first year since we're in the ECC. So uh, we did establish a competition team. They uh, competed hard. There was just four points separating uh, first place and fifth place over at Centerville um, on Sunday. And they, I think they finished in fourth um, or just four points off the lead. So um, quickly um, have stepped up to be uh, pretty competitive in their sport right away. So yeah. Uh, coach, uh, coach Lamb and uh, Coach Dooning do a fabulous job. Our girls are awesome. They bring so much spirit and have such a such a positive presence in our school community. So I just wanted to give them a nod uh, before we leave. Yeah, that, that's a, that's certainly a, a a very welcome shot in the arm of that energy uh, and that and that positivity yeah. uh, for sure. Keith, certainly appreciate the time here today and look forward to continuing on here in the winter sports season. All right, you got it. L's up. There you go. That is Athletic Director Keith Pantling joining us for the season premiere of this week in Lebanon Warriors Athletics here on LebanonWarriors.com and ESP Media powered by Sidearm Sports.